That's on. It is on. Hi, everybody. You know, I didn't even. Wow, I'm so grateful that's on. Wow. Okay. How's everybody doing? I guess I need to uh, shut this off. I need to fix my camera. That's kind of annoying. Let's see here if I can find it and fix it. Let me see here real quick. Hope you guys are doing okay today. My name is Dr. Missy Hood. This is. So strange. I don't know what's the deal. That's different. I didn't rearrange my camera on here. Hope you guys can. There it is right there. There it is right there. Let me fix my camera right there. That's things like that bug me. Hope you guys are having a good afternoon. Hi, everybody. How are you doing this afternoon? Hi, Susan. Hi, Helen. I didn't realize y'all were over there yet. Hi, everybody on Facebook. Everybody just started loading up all of a sudden. So I hope you guys are having a great Tuesday. Um, yeah, I, I did this background and I didn't check my cam to make sure it was aligned. So forgive me, but yeah, I'm just hanging out. Hope you're having a good Tuesday. How's your week going so far? Everybody doing okay? I've got a word. I'm not going to say if it's a word. I just been talking to the Lord and I do my quiet time with him. I do these revs and, uh, this is kind of where he's at, but you know, it's funny because when I do this, I, I'm seeing the Lord and I'm not going to say, I don't want to paint God. Let me preface this conversation with this. I don't ever want you to think God is not loving and merciful because he is, but I also know God to be a God where if he senses his children are in a hard place, he's going to do whatever he needs to do to get us realigned. And it's like any good parent to me. I don't know about you, but my parents, when I was, when I knew what I was supposed to be doing, yeah, lots of witchcraft. Good point. I'm going to bring up that here in a second too. Lots of witchcraft right now. I'll tell you why in a second. <clears throat> but my parents, when they knew I was getting off, they, they would start amping, amping up their tone. You're noticing the tone of the Lord right now on some of these revs where he's amping things up. He's amping up his tone. And I've had some leaders saying, you know, that's just not mercy. That's just not. I'm sorry. It's not the season we're in right now because God is trying to draw his children. He's like a, a mother hen drawing all of her chicks unto herself for protection. So God is trying to do that for us in this season. And so this is where we're at right now. Why is the witchcraft so hot and heavy right now? Remember, we came through the eye of the needle. The eye of the needle 
was already hot and heavy and you're thinking, oh, thank God I'm beyond that. That's what I thought. No, we should know better than that, right? We should know better than that. That's just the first of the uh, three things you have to go through before you go through your door. The first thing you have to go through before you go through your door at the head of the year is the eye of the needle, the eye of God. Then the second thing you have to finish is the season of Basilisk. So actually, it's the, the it's one first base, second base, third base. If you make it through third base, you're moving up through the heart of God. But it's the 23rd of August. We know that the season of Basilisk lasts until the 31st, right? So you've got approximately about eight more days of the season of Basilisk. Now, I really want to warn you about this. The season of Basilisk brings in early death assignments and freak accidents. And on top of that, we're on information overload. We are dealing uh, right now with a lot of misinformation, disinformation. And so our whole society is just exhausted. We're mentally exhausted, spiritually exhausted. And that can be kind of a, a bad place to be if you're not paying attention. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You want me to go there? Okay, I'll go there. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Um, so what's the key out of that? In this hour, the last week and a half, the Lord's been telling me, be sober, be vigilant. I cannot express to you how many times the Lord has said it to me all the time. I, I bet I've heard it a hundred times the last week and a half. Be sober, be vigilant. What does that mean for us? Well, the Lord's been unfolding it to me because of the high levels of witchcraft. Now you have to understand it's about timing. You're moving, you're, you're moving with the Lord through the clock of God, through the Maseroth, trying to stay aligned with him against the witchcraft. Your whole uh, goal through C2, which is chamber two of God's heart. We all have four chambers to our heart. God's got four chambers to his heart. Hey there, how are you doing? It's good to see you, man. North, North Carolina. I love North Carolina, Tammy Holt. That is my favorite part of the nation. One of many. I love to travel, but that's one of my favorite places to go to. So hello. Welcome. So anyway, let's get back. Four chambers to the heart. And if you know anything about the chamber two, we all so love chamber two. God loved chamber two. But in anybody's heart, chamber two has the most energy. That's where the blood filters. It's where it gets purified before it's redirected out to the rest of the parts of the body. Okay. But the same is with God's heart and with God's body. Um, and also that's where we find out in chamber two, the condition of our own hearts. Okay. You've thought about that. So God allows in chamber two, very, very purposefully. It's the energy part of the heart where holy fire meets strange fire. That's where we start to see the amping up of witchcraft before we go through the eye of the, the eye of God, the eye of the needle. And then after you make it through the eye, if you make it through the eye, I pray that you did. I, I really do pray that you did. God knows we need more people getting through the eye. But then you make it through the eye, and then you have to finish out the season of Basilisk. Okay, Basilisk brings in early death assignments, freak accidents. It brings in drought and barrenness. So you need to be binding these things away from you and your family. If you know of any sudden death or any types of cursings on your family, you need to get those things renounced. Deuteronomy 27 and 28, that will help you maneuver through the eye. And, and getting through the season of Bacillus. That's our next goal. Then the very next goal after that is moving through your door. So that we want to get past the early death first. Let's get past Bacillus first. And those are witchcraft spells that are released in a macro capacity. 
where they release them on the international, federal, state, city, county, and personal levels against intercessors strategically, against front runners strategically. So you front runners and intercessors, you need to be taking those things down. Binding early death, freak accidents away from you, your families, extended families, animals, angels, everything. Taking care of them all. Angels get wounded too. Take care of your angels. Feed your angels. Uh, it's Psalm, what is it? Psalms 34, 12 through 14. They drink elixirs. They drink things from heaven. So go take care of your angels. They'll appreciate you. So that's the next thing on our list to get you through. So we're in the last eight days of Basilisk. So it's anointing of death is coming in at an all-time high. Okay, so, and that's interesting too because God is unfolding that uh, the spirit of death as far as showing me how witchcraft gets its power from death. It operates in witchcraft gets its power from two things, by the way. So good like that. I'm learning while I'm talking to you right now. Okay, so if you think, if you know anything about the spirit of sin and death, religion, sin and death, God has to bring us out from underneath death. Okay, that's why he doesn't want you operating in religion. He wants you uh, to be spirit filled. He wants you to get delivered. He wants you to get mature. Okay, so if you know anything about witchcraft now, you may not, have a problem with this, but it is a it, it manifests in different forms. But occult witchcraft, they get their power from death and from lust. If you don't know anything about that. Now the body of Christ now, if your body is not in check, if your self is not in check, if your life is not in check, most likely you're gonna lust after other things. And I don't mean that in a sexual way. I don't mean that in a sexual way. So many people are trying to feel the throne on their heart that only God's supposed to sit on. They try to fill it with career. They try to fill it with money, overspending. They try to fill it with overeating, oversexing, drugging, drinking. You label it wanting power. That's a lust of the flesh. Anything that your flesh, flesh lusts after. These are things and these are components of witchcraft. Okay, so we're trying to move through. I'm trying to take you somewhere. Just stay with me here. So we're trying to get, we, God got you through the eye of God. Hopefully you got delivered. From a lot of this stuff if you didn't the spirit of bacillus the season that we're sitting under right now if you have those gates open to that spirit of death on your vessel because of your refusal to get free you're a prime candidate for that thing to attack you which is why god's saying get free get free so i can take you higher into me i can take you higher into me says the lord so this is where we're at right now and see what else is he hitting us with we're so lucky we're just so blessed to be walking in this crescendo moment. So these are the last days of the year of Basilisk that the enemy can hinder people from moving out and through spiritually. Did you know that? You've got eight more days. If you've been stiff-necked and stubborn, if you've demanded your own way, if you're determined to prove that you're so right when you're so very, very wrong, this is a testing season for the whole body. You're not the only one going through. We're all going through it with you. Everybody has to answer to Christ at the end of their life for what they choose to do or not do. If you didn't choose to mature, guess who gets to answer for that? Not me. I can't walk your walk for you. I can only walk mine. Mine is the only one I'm responsible for. But my job as a leader is to help you get through. So if you're stuck, you're going to have to pray. And ask God what you need deliverance from. And hopefully that'll be enough to move you upwards. That's my prayer for you. But this is a season 
as well, where the enemy is trying to wear out the saints through mental exhaustion. That's why I started talking about the mind of Christ. And God's looking for people with a sound mind. God says, be sober, be vigilant, be sober, be vigilant. What do I mean by that? Um, because God's looking for people who are like himself in this hour. He's looking for himself in us. And he's looking for a mind that demonic arrows can't penetrate. What do I mean by that? Okay, so let me give you an example of what might be coming at you. Has God been giving you a dream to pray for? Decrees, things that he gave you as an assignment when you started, that maybe earlier in the year, and you started decreeing a thing, decreeing a thing, decreeing a thing, decreeing a thing. I was telling our teams all about this. And he's in he's he's getting us to this place now where he's trying to, I think to me, he's expounding on the teaching of how to overcome witchcraft. He wants us to overcome. He's trying to make us overcoming or overcomers in Christ. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. He's trying to make us overcomers. He's trying to teach us who's God and who's not. He's actually teaching the enemy that. But he's also trying to show you how big he is in you where you'll quit giving in to the wiles of the devil and just giving up when he gives you dreams, when he gives you assignments. He's trying to show you how to beat the devil, how to beat the witchcraft and stay aligned as sons and daughters of Issachar, knowing the signs and the times. It all ties into everything I'm talking about right now. So what does your mind have to do with that then? So in this hour, the enemy's coming in and I see that he's assailing people's minds. He's hitting their trust, their faith, mainly their faith, but also the trust, the confidence and the belief in decreeing a thing, the belief in the word, the confidence in the word, the, uh, the trust in the word, the knowing that God's going to finish what he started. So at the first, we all start off decreeing a thing, decreeing a thing, decreeing a thing. And we start off really strong. I don't know about you. I always start off a, a new prayer assignment, really, really strong. And then you enter into the test of time. Okay, that's I'm going to plug Kenneth Copeland here. He always talks about we live by season of seed plus time equals harvest. Okay, so you start off strong. The seed's been planted. And now you got to water it. You got you to decree a thing, decree a thing, decree a thing, decree a thing, decree a thing. And that's the test of time. That's, that's your introduction to the testing of time. So as we move through the seasons of God's heart, then we go through chamber one, chamber two, chamber three, chamber four. Chamber one is the watering season. It's the deliverance season. It's where you get filled and you get, you get cleansed. You get freed through the washing of the water of the word. Then you enter into fire. That's the heavy-duty testing of your heart to see if what you're praying for is of God or not. And he'll even allow strange fire to come in to test your mind or your will. If you we live, we, God's testing our mind, will, and emotions to see if he's going to prove it true, he's going to prove it false, whatever you're praying about. You'll find out because anything that's not of God gets burned off in the fire, right? He burns the wheat and the chaff. He burns the chaff off. Then you enter into... The earth portion of his heart, it's called the earth portion, which represents the vessel. Your vessel is a man or a woman of God. Your vessels. Okay. So he's trying to teach us how to accelerate in all parts of himself, become a better version of ourselves into the higher dimensions of God. You know what? I wonder if I have that here. Here it is. Let me see if I've got this here. 
I'm going to move this up to let you see. There it is. If you can see this. Ooh, I've got to move it beyond that. Hang on one second, because I want you to see this. Oh, let's move it up even higher. I'll move it to the top. Hang on one second. This is my, there it is. This is the, the diagram that I made. I'll move it out of the way here in a second. But this represents the seasons of God's heart. And I put a dartboard in the back because that's the only thing I could find. I'll, I'll fix it. But if you look at it, um, you'll see it represents the Zodiac, but it also represents the Maseroth. Now, God developed them all. He made them all. Your zodiac, knowing the signs and the times, being sons and daughters of Issachar, for all the religious people out there stuck in the spirit of sin and death, I probably already lost you. But stay with me, because we're all born. God says, whom I call, I qualify. These are the months we're born into in the flesh. That's the zodiac. That's the devil's clock, if you choose to stay stuck in the flesh. If you get redeemed through salvation in Jesus Christ, God lays his super on your natural, which is the Maseroth. Those are the 12 tribes of Israel. That means those are the 12 outer court gates. That's God's clock. You start moving through the seasons of his heart. The 12 tribes of Israel represent his personality. And as you become transformed, hopefully you're getting free. You're becoming more like him. You're getting out of you, out of your flesh. If you choose not to, then you, the flesh power is all you're going to get. That's all you get. And there's no firepower in the flesh. I'm, move, I'm going somewhere. So the lower dimensions, if you start off in January through April 30th, you're going to see the lower dimension attributes of God's heart. Okay, those are seven gates to God's heart there. Then if you pass through the eye of the needle around June, or actually we just did, uh, the ninth of off, you move, start moving into the higher dimensions of God's spirit. That's the seven spirits of God. This is a lot. Too much for this, but I'm going to take that off and I'm going to step back into this teaching. I gave you that background to help you better understand why God's trying now to develop your mind. Okay, so if you don't have a sober mind, if you don't have a strong wherewithal, and you're not able as an intercessor or a front runner to discern what's of God and what's not, what's a fiery dart, what's not, What's a godly teaching? What's not? If it's not bearing witness with your spirit, the spirit bears witness with the spirit. You're not here to be entertained, hopefully. All this hoopla behind me is great. But if I didn't have it, would you still come and learn? That's the bottom line. So we've got a whole lot of people now in the body that are just wanting to be entertained. That's where God's trying to work us out of. The Holy Spirit is not here to entertain us. He's here to grow us up, which is what this whole teaching is about today. It's called dysfunctional hearts. The worship of self versus the fiery hearts and home runs, making a home run. Are you feel? Do you feel like you're making a home run? Is your life being transformed? Are you moving forward? Are you getting stuck in seasons? Because what we're seeing right now is a gnashing of teeth in people like the true remnant has never seen before. To the point that I'm seeing people begin to avoid people because they, they can't handle it mentally. It's like we can't wrap our heads around what we're dealing with. So that's going to take us learning to take our thoughts captive, learning to have discipline again, learning to cover people in love again. And that's hard in this season. That's hard. But for you, where you're trying to move, where God's trying to move you through, he's actually trying to teach us 
how to take our thoughts captive, cast down vain imaginations, cast down fiery arrows, cast down the witchcraft, being able to recognize it so we can stand up against it. That's what he's trying to teach us to do. But because of the fact that we're all so fatigued right now, it's hard when you're already spiritually fatigued because when you're spiritually fatigued, it affects every other aspect of your being. It'll affect you physically, mentally, emotionally. It takes, it just encapsulates it all. <clears throat> so God knows how he made you, <clears throat> warrior. So a lot of people feel like right now, well, God, you know, this is just more than I can handle. I don't know if I can go any further. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. God says, I made you. I knew you before the foundations of the earth. And I've lifted you up for such a time as this. If I made you whom I call, I qualify. So if God made you, he knows what he put in you. So he's trying to stretch your faith. He's trying to stretch your mind to make room for himself. Now, God's big. If you don't know anything about God. Psalms 145, 1 through 7. He's a vast God. He is vast. I have literally seen him. He, he drew me. I've been to heaven a lot of different times, over hundreds of times. I can't even count them anymore. But when, when I see him, it, it's like, for one, your spirit comes fully alive. You're fully alive, which is what I also know he's trying to do in the earth right now. What a better way for kingdom to show up in the earth, right? For the vessels that serve him to come fully alive with heaven in the earth through Christ on their life. But the problem is so many people are fighting him, especially the dysfunctional ones, because they're fighting his help in his desire to mature them. He's trying to mature them. We have 85% of the body. I hope it's less than, I hope I'm wrong. I hope it's gone down to like 70%. That would be a miraculous thing. I pray to God, I'm, I, I pray that it's that low. But we're seeing so many people fight for their, their right to stay dysfunctional. To stay in the spirit of sin and death. And that they're, they're, they're choosing to stay in the outer courts to where they're not maturing. They're not maturing. So hence, these are the people that we're dealing with, not just in the church. But then we have to deal with people in society. People that are looking for power. They're all looking for power. And hence, they're being led astray into witchcraft. So now that stuff's coming into the church. Here we go. Here we go. Houston, we have a liftoff. We have a liftoff. They're all starting to go and commit treason. They're starting to go to other gods. And the enemy's making himself look so appealing, just like he did with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. He's saying, did God say? Are you sure God said witchcraft was bad? Are you sure God said, you know, that it was so bad for you to act like Heck, and give somebody the bird when you're driving down there. Are you sure God said that? Are you sure God minds you telling off that leader at church? You sure God said that? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure God said that was bad. I'm pretty sure that didn't align with love. And I have to ask anybody that does it, where's the love in that? <laughs> where's the love in that? Because we can make excuses all day long, but it's never going to be the truth. And your version of truth may not align with God's. Remember, God is the truth. So if you've stepped away from truth and somebody chose to step away from God, it wasn't him. It wasn't him. So we see the healthy people, and I'm just, just going to say what I'm seeing psychologically. Healthy people are getting so fed up with the gnashing of teeth, they're just not wanting to deal with people anymore. They're tired of the dysfunction. And they're tired of people who are high maintenance. 
I don't know about you. That's what I'm seeing. That's what I'm experiencing a little bit myself. And I have to make myself stay engaged as a leader because people are getting to be high maintenance. They're insecure. You get around these types of people. You have to walk on eggshells around them. They, they make you, uh, because they can't get any, they can't get any into any more depth than surfacey relationships or surfacey conversations. They can't talk about the deep things of God. Because if you talk to him about the deep things of God, oh, you're a heretic. You are such a, you are so not of God. I've got to destroy you because I, I'm operating in, this is what these people are saying. They're all, I'm not, they won't say this, but this is what they should say. I'm operating in the spirit of sin and death. And because I'm stuck, you need to stay stuck because I don't want to change. And I'm right. You're wrong. And so you just need to stay here stuck with me. And I'm like, see you later. Have a nice life. I'm gone. I don't even want to deal with you. Bye-bye. Bye, Felicia. Bye-bye. So they don't get along with anybody. They don't get along with anybody. And they're always pointing fingers at the ones who are trying to get whole because they see the power of God on their vessels. Hence, their pathetic heart conditions drive them because they're power grubbers. They're power hungry instead of wholeness leading them. God is trying to free them. And if you would only realize, those of you stuck in that, those of you who watch this and you get mad at me, you send me your comments by the way we track ip on our website we'll, we'll respond we know who you are but i want to know your name if you're going to send me a nasty comment behind the scenes then at least have enough honor to put your name there don't hide behind your computer screen that makes you look cowardly seriously own your stuff be a man and woman of your word you want to write your words down on paper bring it baby let's go i will talk to you i will debate with you but i do reserve the right to disagree with you I don't care if you're a leader or not. I reserve my right to what God is teaching me. And I'm hoping you're going to get free. But if you don't, that's your prerogative. Just don't abuse me in the process because I'm not going to put up with the abuse. So these people, if they realized that they'd get free, what they would find is that the wholeness that they're so avoiding would solve all their problems. Wholeness solves your problems. And who can bring you into wholeness but Jesus Christ? He brings us out of bad heart conditions that cause God not to answer our prayers. Brings us into the place of destiny that they're so longing to be where they are so wanting to plug in. And they're so wanting to find out, you know, why did God put me here? Well, that's a key to all that. You know, because a lot of leaders, honestly, what I'm finding I'm saying in this hour is that I can't walk your walk for you. I think that leadership is totally uh, extended well beyond their capacity right now because of all the hurting hearts. That's what I'm seeing and experiencing. There are so many hurting people right now. And so the Lord is saying to you, again, it's not your leader's responsibility to walk your walk for you or to fix your problems. They're just here to say, hey, this is the way. Walk ye in it. This is the way. Walk ye in it. <clears throat> so you can be all God means for you to become. But getting angry at an obedient vessel is not going to take you anywhere but to an early grave. That's a hard thing to say. Or it might take you to hell early for touching and anointing the wrong way. Remember, judgment's here too. This is where the word gets hard. The words in this today, I've never seen God be so uh, you talk about a strong word. He's not mincing his words anymore. He's like trying to get the body to align. And, and it's not to beat anybody up. 
It's not to put fear in you. There's no fear in love. But you have to understand, too, when Jesus walked through the temple and he had different people, the thieves, uh, selling their wares in his church, selling their brand of love in his church, do you really think he was really merciful or very uh, gentle with them? He, he turned some tables over. He turned tables over. And there are a lot of people right now that are eating at tables. They should be turning over because of the witchcraft behind it. And they're not. They're not. They're like, oh, well, they have a big following, so this must be God. And, you know, it's all about a show. It's all about superficiality. You know, looks like, tastes like, feels like, but it's not because you haven't been wise enough to test the fruits. And you don't know what God's saying. But And this is what's crazy, too. I see people getting more and more entrenched in this crap. It is crap. Where they're refusing to... Follow the Holy Spirit. He said, he's like gently saying, no, 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 no. There's something off there. Don't go there. And they're just diving in because they're so into show. It's all about show. Again, if this were gone, I put this up here for me, to be honest with you, because of my background in TV and film. I really do this for me. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to my world. I'm a, I was a designer. I'm still a designer. I was a designer in TV and film for costuming. But I don't do this for you. I really do this for me because it actually motivates me because I look forward to doing it every week. And if you enjoy it, welcome to my world. Glad you're here. But right now, this is the demonic strategy. Back to you. The way the enemy's trying to take out the body, he's coming at the mind. He's coming at our heart conditions. He's using it all. He's trying to out-strategize you and take you out before your time. He's actually trying to use you to do it. So from here on out, Lord's saying you have to begin to think offensively, not defensively. Getting defensive, getting offended is not going to get you there. It's not going to get you there. But being proactive and being uh, discerning, being accountable to Leaders, healthy leaders, honoring. Honor's a big, big part of that conversation. Honoring will set you right on the course to success. Because God's getting us back to the basics of love. He's getting us back to the ancient ways, the ancient ways of God and of love. And so many are caught up in their emotions right now because it's proof they need deliverance. But it's also an indicator that they're flesh-based. They're stuck in the zodiac. They're stuck in their sign. Hey, what sign are you? I hate that. I hate that. What sign are you? It doesn't matter. If you know love, you can get along with anybody. People that don't get along with anybody are stuck in their flesh. They're stuck because they're stuck in their emotions. Everything sets them off. Everything, oh, I can't believe you said that. I can't believe you don't believe with me because I, I just can't believe that you don't understand that, you know, what's going on in politics and what's going on here. I just can't believe you that you believe like that. People like that wear me out. They absolutely wear me out. And they're stuck in fear, which is a very powerful thing when we refuse to deal with it. And they, they're drainers. These people are drainers. They suck people dry. Not to mention they, that they, they don't understand that fear is the devil's playground that keeps them imprisoned. 
And I'm going to say to you right now with where we're standing, if God's given you a goal, if he's given you a dream, and you've been told one thing, but you have discernment, and you're like, but you know what? God's telling me this. God's saying, you know, this is the way walking in it. I'm going to say, do it afraid. Do it afraid. Quit being so afraid of being wrong. Learn to test the spirit. First John 4, 3. Submit it if you are concerned to a prophetic leader. A prophet submits to a prophet. Submit it to leadership. God will confirm himself in twos or more. He'll start with you first. But take a chance on God. Trust him. He's not here to cause you to fail. He's here to accelerate you. He's here to help you hit home runs. But do it afraid. Because my conversations with God in this hour sound something like this. And his voice, by the way, sounds like your voice. He'll use your voice in your head. But he'll use words that you've never heard before. So you may need to look them up. I always use these big words that I don't know what they mean. So I have to go look them up. This is what he's saying. If you do this, you're going to get that. For good or for bad. If I'm off, he'll tell me, if you do this, you're going to get that. Or if I do something, he's like, if you do this, you're going to get that. He'll tell me things like that. So I test the spirit. First John 4, 3, spirit that gave me that thought. Do you believe Jesus came down to the form of a man, died on a cross, rose from the dead in three days, and that Jesus is God? If it's the Lord, he's a gentleman. He'll answer me just like that. If there's a pause or no answer, I can pretty much bet it's the devil. They have to bind the voice, ask the Lord again, and you'll get the correct answer. So this is the next thing he says to me. He says, wait, don't make a move until I say so. Really blunt, very blunt about that. Okay, I know it's usually God when he says that. And then he'll say, don't, this is what concerns me in this conversation. These next two things concern me. This is the condition of the body. But he'll say things like, don't bother with that vessel. They're high-minded. They're haughty. They're not going to listen to me. Gosh, Lord. So it, that's concerning. And then the last one he said to me is that that vessel's not mine. He'll tell me, don't, don't even go there. They're not mine. He tells me this about the Balaam's prophets, the Jezebels. They're not mine. They think that there are, but they're not. That shook me. I'm just like, whoa, this is concerning with where we're walking right now. Because everybody thinks they're fine. I'm fine. I've got that. I got my cat t-shirt in, by the way. That cat that looked like he got blown up, like he has these big eyeballs and his hair is all singed and he's all sticking out all over the place. And he said, I'm fine. It's fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. That's what these people are like. I just got the t-shirt because it's funny. <laughs> it is funny. Sometimes it's how C2 makes you feel, you know? Hey, hey James, how are you doing? Okay, so this is it. This is, this is where my conversations with God begin to bother me these days because I really love people. Hey, Pascal. I do love people. And I don't want to see anybody perish. And I know God doesn't want to see anybody perish. But if we don't start getting serious about our walks and start learning how to grow up and how to take our thoughts captive, this is part of this new season. If you're a seasoned warrior, God's saying, I need you to step into this place now and start thinking about what you're thinking about. Because if you think about what you're thinking about, you're developing the mind of Christ. You're learning to take every high thing down, every vain imagination down, casting it down to the obedience of Christ. And you're learning to step into the higher dimensions of my spirit so I can develop myself in you. You're growing up. That's what he's looking at. That's what he's saying. So if you know anything 
is that, you know, if, if we refuse to listen, how can God not follow through on his word? Because he is the word. He cannot deny himself. I think that's what the body forgets right now. They forget that in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. God also says I'm the way, the truth and the life. If he's bringing us into deeper levels of truth, he is the truth. He's bringing us into deeper levels of himself, deeper levels of love. And if your love levels aren't rising and you're not feel like I'm feeling the love of God raise up, it grieves me to think when he's talking to me about this vessel's not mine. They think that they are, but they're not. And I'm like, that grieves me. I'm like, what do I got to do, God, to help them get to know you? Love them. Love them. But what it's making me see that this, this truth tells me <clears throat> that one of us is out of alignment with the things that go south in our lives. And it's all based on my decisions or your decisions. It's all based on us and what we choose to do during C2. I can't believe they just came out of my mouth. They just came out of my mouth without even thinking. But I don't know about you, but I want to go towards Christ where he can shine his face upon me. Which brings us to Job 8, 1 through eleven twenty. We're going to talk about theology being good, but only God knows the heart. You know that? we got to hurry up because I'm well into this and I should have been into this. But if you knew anything about Job, you know, you didn't know anything about Job's friends. Job's friends got on my nerves because Job's friends thought they knew his, thought, they thought they knew him so well, but they didn't know his heart. They just knew him through superficiality. They just knew him through their perception of who they thought God was versus who Christ said he was. Where Eliphaz emphasized sinfulness of man, they came in to tell Job, this is why you're going through all this heartache. You're a sinful man. And then there was Bilidad, who emphasized the justice of God. But he was also a devoted traditionalist with a museum mentality who called us witnesses from the past. He lived in the past, and there's nothing wrong with our learning from the past if you know anything about God, but if your past understanding has imprisoned you or your heart, then you've got a museum mentality. <clears throat> You're locked into the prison or the system of sin and death, which is under the apparatus of religion. Sylvia Cole. And if you don't know anything about Jesus, Jesus is alive. He's alive. He's not dead. He came to bring you life. God is alive. When the cloud moves, so should we. We should be moving with the cloud. And you know, someone once said that tradition is the living face of dead people while traditionalism is the dead face of living people. Have you ever heard about that? I thought, wow. So God's asking you today, is your past encouraging you? Like, has God answered your prayers? Are you looking at the past like that? Or is it embalming you where it keeps you stuck? Is your past keeping you stuck? Have you seen how this camera, like, it brings me close and it takes me away? That's kind of trippy. <laughs> like, why is it doing that? I'm trying to focus. <laughs> See how it does it? That's so crazy. Okay, I'll get them. I'll stay on track. I'm going to stay on track. Not going to ADHD out on you here. Okay, so this is, this is where we're going to go to. So both these men, both of Job's friends, were actually right in their doctrine, but they were wrong in their conclusion because what they missed was the fact that only God knows a heart. We can all think we are so right about what we know. We are so very, very wrong. And by the way, thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm seeing a lot of the Balaam's right now. And some of you leaders, I'm going to warn you. 
You better be seeking the Lord about these people coming to your council. And just because they have big platforms, you better be seeking the Lord. If you get a check in your spirit, because what they're trying to do, the Balaam's prophets are trying to, it's, it's a Jezebel spirit, basically. It's trying to get the, the truly anointed ones to agree with them in prayer, being a three-chord bound so they can actually have firepower. Because if you don't know anything about Jezebel or Balaam, they have zero power. Zero power. That's why they have to connect to a true loving heart in order to have any type of their fivefold giftings work. So they falsely connect to un, unaware sheep uh, or people who are just, what do you say? You are naive is a good word. Naive. You just trust anybody. You go everywhere. So they can actually get firepower. So you're going to have to start stopping these people at the door from using it. But this is what I'm seeing. They're using the apostles, prophets, teachers, preachers like this, especially if you're, if you're a priest. Fivefold. You need to be aware about that. But are you stuck in traditionalism? Because the real control issue is that people, when they come into the spirit, only God knows the heart, first of all. So we can look at things all day long with our hearts and minds messed up or dysfunctional without realizing that God's looking at the heart the whole time. And we're, he's looking at not through a spirit of religion. He's not looking at how much of the Bible you think you know. He's looking at it as to how well has your heart been cleaned up by him. Have you been transformed through what you're reading? Are you heeding the word, living the word, not just talking the word? And so the, the real issue here is, is that the body of those stuck in the spirit of sin and death or the spirit of religion feel out of control when things make them let go of control. Like getting spirit filled makes you let go of control and give your life to a power greater than yourself. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. When I get spirit filled, I'm learning to walk like he walks, talk like he talks. I'm praying in the spirit and I'm following his spirit, hopefully daily, day in, day out, learning to walk the way he's telling me to go. This is the way walking in it. And when I see people that don't want to give up a, to their life to a power greater than themselves, I see a people that are afraid of losing control because inherently man likes to be in control. And so God says he's not tolerating anybody else sitting on his throne unless we're God, we need to give that up. But in this season, God's saying too, he's seeing a lot of people who have made idols of themselves who are stuck in the spirit. They've made an idol out of self where the self gets to sit on the throne and shuts God totally out. And God can't move on that life. He can't move forward, move that life forward because that person won't get out of position. And let me tell you something else I'm seeing there too, that with even Job's friends, because this is where they got in massive trouble because God to me kind of humbled them. God was testing Job like he's tested some of you. And God was moving him out and through, but he was trying to prove to the religious people people stuck in the spirit of sin and death, as well as Job's own family. Hey, I'm in control of this one. I'm testing his heart. I know the choices he's going to make. I know he's going to choose me and I'm going to give him double for his trouble at the end of this test. Lord saying, don't lose heart and don't lose your mind. Take on mine. Take on mine. Which brings us, oh, I'm running a little bit late here. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 28. I've got a whole lot more to that, but I ran out of time. Where God's saying, I need you to trust me in the hard places. Because if you know anything about the hard places, it's like a first, second, and third base. And the Lord's like, I want you to bring it home. I'm going to teach you how to bring it home. Because Jesus 
is alive. If you know anything about the gospel, the message is true. And when we trust Jesus, we're receiving resurrection life as we become more transformed. And that's only if we choose to come into maturity. That's the key. You have to choose to allow him to mature you, which is why he probably has given you these dreams to help you learn to decree a thing, decree a thing, decree a thing. Faith comes by speaking the word and hearing it. Speaking the word and hearing it. Faith comes by hearing. Mm -hmm. Faith comes by hearing. That's how that transforms you as you speak it. It's going into your heart. It's going into your heart and it's transforming you. That's why he's trying to get us to think about what we're thinking about <clears throat> and to speak the word back to the devil. Every time you say it, it gets into your heart. That's a key. Because in resurrection life, death can't hold us anymore. You see, God's trying to release us from the spirit of sin and death. Follow me here. Not death in others, their words or their decrees and prayers. If you get free from the spirit of sin and death, you're free from people who choose to stay there. Believe it or not, it's a spiritual thing. You become out of their reach, which is why God wants to take you higher. Because when people don't get free from the spirit of sin and death, it's in everything they do, everything they say, everything they pray. It, encamp it encapsulates their whole life. It's why their prayers don't get answered. It keeps them earthbound in the zodiac. We say, get out of your flesh, get out of the devil's clock, get out of the earth spirit, get out of the earth realm and start res getting into resurrection power, which only comes to the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Oh, my face just went away. Um, because God wants to take you higher. And in this new place, we're having to learn that we still have hope as we're coming higher into him. But you may just not be there yet. I mean, this whole new place of expansion that God is forcing us to stand within right now. Oh, wow. I didn't realize I had that in the background. Either. Oh, well. Um, he's forcing us to stand in this new place. That's it's challenging us. It's challenging our thinking. It's challenging our ability to uh, I don't want to say to believe to believe him because we've never been here before for one. But for two, when you stand for a long time for something, the enemy knows it wears us down. He knows it gets us to the place where we start questioning God, which is exactly what God wants or what the enemy wants us to do. Stop that. But this is why God wants to raise every supposed vessel who say they believe in Christ from the dead. He wants to raise us from religion, from the law of sin and death, so that they can come fully alive in him with firepower. Did I show you? I told you that's what it did. Isn't that crazy? It does it. Okay, so in order for us to do this, we've got to get free from some things, mainly ourselves and from witchcraft. And 85% of the body doesn't even know that, that they're operating in it. And, and it's kind of like going to first, second, and third base, but never coming in for a home run if you're not getting free. Because if you know anything about playing baseball, you get saved, let's equate it to salvation. You get saved, you go to first base. You get spirit-filled, you go to second base. Okay, it's two. Then you're supposed to get baptized by fire at some point. You've got a calling in your life, hopefully. That's third base. Those are for the five-fold. But the problem is, is that most people, if you're a son and daughter of Issachar, knowing the signs of the times, or knowing you're a son and daughter of the king, and you're operating with the full 
firepower of God through resurrection power, that's, allow, that's what allows you to hit a home run in all that you do, in all that you do, where you operate in the signs and the wonders and miracles. Because the last enemy, if you know anything about the Lord Jesus Christ, the last enemy he conquered was death. He conquered the grave for you. He conquered uh, the enemy's right to keep you earthbound. He conquered it when he died on the cross for you. So when we choose to stay earthbound, it's an insult to the Lord. He's like, I, I came, I died on a cross for you so you could rise up in resurrection power. Why are you staying there? And then you have the audacity to get upset with me when your prayers don't get answered, but you're the one choosing not to mature. Interesting. So this is why God's saying this is the problem in the body is that few believers ever get past first base because they're not stepping into resurrection power. They're not growing up. And if we know anything about resurrection power, resurrection is not reconstruction. Where God doesn't reconstruct the body, but he transforms us into firepower, a living dynamic, which is why we're not called to give up. You're still being transformed. He hasn't forgotten your blessings. He hasn't forgotten what he promised he's going to do to you or for you, through you. He's going to do it through you. He's trying to expand you. Okay? Which brings us to Psalms 38, 1 through 22. It's what causes things to be delayed. What happens when we sin? Let's talk about that. Okay, this is where things get interesting. <laughs> I've seen this happen in church congregations, by the way. I went into a church service one night, and there was a girl there who, who came in to the prop, and this guy was a real prophet. He was full on fire for the Lord. And I knew it was the Lord because he had prophesied over me before he went to the girl behind me. And he told me all about myself. The Lord just told me all about myself. Talked about my past, my present, my future. And then he went to the girl behind me. And I thought, oh, God. But what does God do when we sin? Because the girl behind me was living in sin. She was living with her boyfriend and fornicating and things like that. And that's none of my business. That was just that time. But that's what happens when we continue on in our own ways. There's a way that seems right to a man, but the end is death or a woman. And we're in a season right now where judgment's here. And if you know anything about judgment, justice is right behind it. Um, but if you know anything about sin, God loves us too much to leave us in sin and get away with it. He doesn't, he's going to let you stay there. If you say you're his child, and when he calls us out, he's firstly going to rebuke us, which is usually quietly or through something like this. He'll rebuke you quietly, privately. And that's really the way most people prefer to handle it. If you're normal, <laughs> instead of being called out, right? But he'll chasten you like that. So, <clears throat> but the problem with that is, is we have so many hearts right now who have a seared conscience and I didn't say believers on purpose. They're not believers necessarily. They're hearts. But they believe they're okay with where they stand in Christ. They think, they think they're okay. Thinking that, well, since God hasn't judged me yet, he doesn't mind. They act like hell behind the scenes or brazenly act like hell in front of other people. Mistreating people and think they're getting away with it because nobody's ever spoken against them before. And then truth vessels on prophets show up, like myself or whoever. 
And then they still they scoff at the Lord. And they think, oh, well, she's not of God. You're not of God. God wouldn't speak to me like that. Want to bet? <laughs> Want to bet? Because it's better for God to deal with you on this program privately, where you can deal with him privately from you and God. Look, at it. it's making me small again. That's so strange. But because God's not, he doesn't want to take you before the church. There's a protocol in the way God does things. He follows his own protocol. He says, if you have aught with your brother, you go to your brother. He's coming to you. He's got aught with you. He's following his word. And then if you don't listen the first time, most likely he's going to draw you into a service with a prophet. And he's going to have the prophet go to your brother with, with another person, with another believer. Then he's going to have two by two kind of confront you. And then if you still don't listen, then he's going to bring you before the church. So it's go to your brother if you have aught with him. Then if they don't listen, you take another person with you. And then if that didn't work, then he takes you before the church. That's his protocol. He follows his word. So when we don't listen and we think we're getting away with things. We're kidding ourselves. And I've seen it happen a lot of times. I've seen this happen. I'm thinking, golly, why did they have to get to this point? This is so ridiculous. And instead of just obeying, obeying. So what I'm seeing in the season is not just people with weaknesses. I'm seeing people with a seared conscience that we're dealing with now and their behaviors toward God and others. And they think that God is not bothered by their behaviors, but he most certainly is. He most certainly is. And before you go any farther, pointing your finger the other way, saying, yes, God, yes, yes. That's what that leader did to me when they rebuked me for getting out of line in their ministry. This is actually the place in the conversation where you might be saying, well, maybe I was kind of a stubborn mule. You label it. It could be a horse's, you know what? And they had every right to be, rebuke you because you were acting like a Jezebel. Or you might even say that to yourself. Maybe, you, maybe you've gotten free. Maybe God's brought you forward. I hope to God so. Or that you were operating in your flesh. But honesty is the best policy before the king. Way to keep your head. <clears throat> Way to stay in line with him <clears throat> and pass your test. It's also a sign of humility. When God's trying to take you forward into freedom, instead of joining ranks with the other dysfunctional vessels and hearts choosing to stay behind, where they think they're safe, when they're not safe. They're not safe. We're seeing the gnashing of teeth going on right now. You're seeing people get angrier and more frustrated. They're under pressure because at the lower levels of the mountain, it's more pressuresome. The light gets lighter and the darkness gets darker. Just because the obedient are climbing, they're climbing into higher levels of light for a reason. But those that are staying the same, they're getting overcome by the darkness. That's what's bringing the pressure. They're getting affected by the darkness. That's why God's saying, hey, follow me. This is the way walking in it. I'm trying to get you into higher firepower. And I'm trying to teach you how to fight it my way with my mind. <clears throat> my ways aren't your ways. That's going to take a spirit of humility. Which leads us into Proverbs 21, 28 through 29 as we wrap up today. Because I really, really believe God is a God of integrity. He's a God of honor. He said, how will we know my true believers? How will you know my God's true believers? By his love, by my love. 
What's an aspect of love? Do you know who love is? Love is patient. Love is kind. It keeps no records of wrong. It's others-oriented. It's not self-focused. It knows how to work as a family. It puts others before itself. It's a servant of all. Jesus came to serve, not be served. When you demand your own way, when you demand to be served, you don't know love very much. You're self-focused. And so he's calling for transformation in this hour. But this is what Proverbs says. We wrap this up today. Because also, God doesn't like liars. He doesn't like it when we lie to him. He definitely doesn't like it when we try to lie to other people about who we say we are versus who he knows we are. He knows the heart. But he says a false witness will perish. But a careful listener will testify successfully. The wicked put up a bold front, but the upright give thought to their ways. He truly knows the heart. He knows the hearts who are obedient in this hour. He knows who's listening, who's submitting to him, who's humbling themselves before him and saying, you know what, God, I messed that up. I really messed that up. I mess things up sometimes. Probably more than a probably more times every day. But I know who's the one who can fix it. And and it takes, you know, when God's been talking to us about areas of our heart and areas of our life where we have weaknesses, it, it really takes a spirit of humility to step into that and you say, you know what, God, I know you know better than I. You know the end from the beginning. You know what you're going to do long term because he's actually trying to take you somewhere good. He's trying to get you into your dreams. And he's trying to get you into destiny. <clears throat> but He's not going to let you do it through a spirit of hypocrisy. He's not a hypocrite. And he definitely doesn't like the hypocrites. He hated the Pharisees. Absolutely hated them. It says in his word, go look at it. It says that Jesus hated the Pharisees. And it's because they were twice the sons of hell. And the sons that they were trying to raise up, they were hypocrites. They just, they read the word. Here, do this. But it doesn't apply to me. The Bible applies to everybody but me. That's what they're basically saying. The Torah applied to everybody but them. And God's like, no, actually, it applies to all of you. And at the end of the day, at the end of the age, when Jesus comes back, when we all have to stand before him, you're going to have to answer for what you choose, chose to do or not do. So this is a season he's saying, hey, I'm coming in. I'm, I'm ready or not. Here I come. It's time to get cleaned up now. Because this is the season, and you're seeing it show up all around you. So I'm going to leave you with that. I want to thank you for listening to me today. If you want to check us out, my name is Dr. Missy Hood. I'm with Ezekiel's Wheel. You can go check me out. Let me see if I can point it here. Ezekiel'sWheel.org. You can learn more about our teachings, too. We, this is not it. What I teach on here is, is what I give to the public. Uh, well, we do train you and equip you how to battle witchcraft. Heavy duty. If you want to learn, email me at yeshuanavigator at gmail.com, okay? yeshuanavigator at gmail.com. And we'll, we'll get with you. We'll, we'll email you and set up a time to meet with you. You have to be called to front run. It's a calling on your life, but I'd love to work with you. I'd love to train you guys up and see, you know, how, how you advance and get you cleaned up. See how God uses you in the spirit and in the body of Christ. So with that, I'm going to leave you with that. And I hope you have a great rest of your Tuesday. And if I don't see you on Friday, then I'll look forward to seeing you maybe next week. But until then, have yourself a great rest of your day. Bye-bye.